Hi everybody and welcome to Alt Bay. Today we are going to do a react video to um, the most recent interview with Doquan and Zach Guzman. Um, it's interesting to say the least. Um, we are going to be able to tie back a lot of what we had discussed in our first two videos and, and just make a lot of connections with that. So that's really fun and exciting. And yeah, I, I'm just excited to break this down with you, Mai, and, and break this down for everyone that is watching that may not like still really know what, or have been following super cl closely, um, this whole situation. I just wanted to highlight that it's very interesting that we took the time to identify like the Celsius situation, the Doquan situation, um, and now it's like playing out. And I, I don't want to be that person, <laughs> but like, I feel like the signs were there. I just feel like we're so used to ignoring them, but like, I think these should be case studies. Like anytime someone walks around proclaiming that they represent a platform, but you're not really hearing much about the platform, it, it, it needs to be like a red flag that goes off on in everyone's head moving forward. Yep. Okie dokie, so we're gonna start it. Okay guys, let's let's get started to watch um, this lovely, lovely um, masterpiece. If there was a tiger that had been starved for a week and then your family and this tiger happens to meet and the tiger happens to kill a member of your family and eats it. Can you really blame the animal? Kind of. Basically. Hold on. It's giving OJ if I did it. Hold on. I just, you know, it's that's that is one way to start off an interview that is one way to start off an interview let's 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 keep going hey, I think his, uh we thought that the amount of go ahead no i was gonna say you know how like some people do this method called um disillusion where it's like you look to the left but you punch them with the right it's it's giving that to not important someone that's put that in okay like he's just he's just very 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 interesting odd uh cell pressure that was coming coming in was probably a couple of um you know large uh funds or maybe you know somebody like celsius that wanted to you know get out of usd exposure because they had to wind down leverage or something like that so we weren't particularly concerned but then um, what we started to notice across the order books was um, like- I just want to say off, off rip, off rip, this man is like, and Celsius, like, sir, sir, we are talking about you. We are not talking about Celsius. Yes, Celsius did bad things and that was a shit show in itself. But well, we are not talking mm. about Celsius right yeah. now, sir. We're talking about you and your failures. So why are you starting off? Like, you're starting off your interview first off with some wild, crazy, like, tiger statement. And then you're like, oh, by the way, the other guy. No, we're here to talk about you, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I it's know. giving, like, 
when the problem talks about other problems. Like, okay, slow your roll. Right, right. It's like okay. deflecting okay. right off the beginning. Like, for, who asked about them? Like, why are you talking about Celsius them? Celsius is actually sitting in a lawsuit right now. They're, they're, they're going to, you know, you're not. They're I mean, paying for their consequences. Yeah, you're still trying to avoid them actively. So, you know, let's watch him be weirder with his. Uh... The pace by which UST was being sold off was accelerating. So um, I think there was like a 10 minute period where we saw like $400 million worth of market sales happening all at once. So then that's when we decided that we needed to deploy LFG reserves to defend the peg. <laughs> this wasn't the original plan, by the way. What we originally wanted to do with LFG was to put that Bitcoin into a smart contract and then allow users to redeem Bitcoin against UST in a decentralized manner, similar to how users can redeem and mint UST against Luna. Um, but that, that system was still under development um, and it would take too long to bring that system up while this crisis was still happening. So we Wait, decided to deploy LFG reserves. As they're deployed though. So how would this even happen outside of it being a wrapped asset? So this even sounds stupid now that I think about it. Like, okay, so he's saying that he was going to put BTC in a smart contract and have them be redeemed. But that means you're going to create a wrapped asset. Like his reasoning doesn't even make sense in terms yeah, of- Yeah, because you can't put Bitcoin in a- yeah, you can't put like, Bitcoin can't. in a smart contract, like, smart just contract, like that. Unless you like, wrapped it. Because well, Bitcoin itself, it like, the Bitcoin network does not support smart contracts. Like, so, yeah, he, would so have to, involve... he would have to wrap it and put it on somewhere else. Yeah. But that's stealing within itself because he would still, he would be making it so whenever you wrap a token, it's like token goes through something, something something else keeps the original liquidity and you're minted another version of that token, correct? So if someone's keeping mm -hmm. the Bitcoin and someone's getting the wrapped version of the Bitcoin, but if this weird this weird crashing situation happens, it becomes worthless because it's destroyed on the other side. So like that is not even cool to say as a conceptual idea. Like that mindset is also like weird. Our friend. You can't, Since it couldn't you be can't the system lie. you want it to be. Talk to me about kind of... What? I, I just don't feel like he can, he can lie to people who are technology, like who are aware of these things. Like I just feel like these statements are for people who don't understand crypto and it's just like, this is how you, you did all of this. You're speaking to people who don't quite understand what they're investing in and that's fine, but it can only go so far at this point. Right, right. Kind of what the discussions are in the war room at that time around, okay. This is what we should do. This is where we should send it. This is how it's going to be done. Mm. So the, the idea was that, um, you know, we would give that Bitcoin to a market maker so that they can, you know, buy UST with it. And then that's what we did. Uh, but what we. Who is the market maker? And I'm getting like basically four different ideas for the same pool of BTC meant to defend the peg. It doesn't make any sense to to have all these multiple visions with over four hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Like this is insane. It's like he's playing with money, like it's Play-Doh. Like I don't, I don't get it. 
Right, but it's like, okay, who is the market maker? Because he says, then that is what we did. Then that is what we did. Okay, but like, who? Who is the market maker? Why? We deserve to know. Um, why are you doing off the book sales with market makers for a pending situation? It kind of just sounds like a setup to me. But, you know. He's saying, he's saying cool. too much. If I were him, I like, I already we're how how we're not that far into the interview right and i just am very um perplexed as it's to giving why any of his attorneys would allow him to like just be up here speaking freely it's giving wolf of wall street when leo when leo was on the boat talking to the fbi agents about like the different ways like he does things he's like oh if you want some it's fine i can give you some money basically he's trying to bribe like an FBI agent. It's like you're you're giving out your little secrets to make yourself look less guilty, like you're inclined to help. But it's literally like you're inclined to describe the different ways you could have went about it. And it's actually very unsettling. Right. Yeah. Let's keep going. Like after some time, like what we started to hear from the market maker was that the Bitcoin was being spent too quickly because the amount of sales uh, for UST had only started to accelerate. And we started to see shorts uh, pile up massively against Luna and UST at some given point in time. If there is one there that could be proven, though, I guess, the one that people focus in on is where the billions of dollars from LFG goes in terms of yeah. the market. And I just want to um, make a point that while these shorts were accumulating, he was on Twitter memeing. Yeah, and this timeline, now that I'm reflecting, does not align. Like what he's stating and how he's saying it happened, it doesn't really align with how everything played out and when the BTC was deployed to. Because now he's saying it like he had pre-deployed BTC to prevent this, when we know the BTC was deployed post-crash, correct? So this is weird. Like even as he's re, it's like he's restating a fat a chain of events to fit a narrative and it's kind of weird. Well, not, so not fully post-crash, it was like while the crash was happening. Yeah, but he's saying- like, technically. He, yeah, but he's kind of saying he immediately had gave it to a marker maker and he didn't immediately give it to right. a marker maker. That's what I'm saying, right. like, that's not how it happened. So, yeah. Market maker. And whether or not that could also just let some big whale offload UST and exit that way. Because there's, you know, as you said, it was designed to be something that would be much more transparent and wasn't ready for that. So what can you kind of like provide there that would say, no, look, this was all handled above board? Well, so I, I think what most people don't understand is given that they've, I, I mean, most people that are observing the situation have never worked with a market maker or a trading firm. So they assume that if you pay somebody something, it's going to go to curve or something of that nature, be converted to WBTC and then just trade on, on the on-chain decks and everything can be summed up in just a few transactions. But it's not generally how these large trading firms work. It's just that they have balance, balances in very large sizes across multiple different exchanges and custodians. So generally what they would do is that they would take payment for a transaction and they would book it and they would generally move that to like a custodian or something, and they would have existing balances that could kick off trades right away as soon as the settlement has been made. So um, I don't have visibility into where they put the Bitcoin after LFG settled to the market maker, 
but like just in terms of like how much UST they were able to buy back, it matches the amount of Bitcoin that we gave them. And in terms of like doing like OTC trades um, uh, uh, to like cash out whales, like A, I don't think they would have done that. And B, even if they were to do something like that, if, the, if these whales weren't able to OTC, they would sell anyway, right? So unless they wanted to lose money, the market maker would do these OTC trades at fair price at whatever the effective price of USD happened to be at that given point in time. So I, I don't see what the problem is. There's a couple other I could run through. If you really wanted to so, just let them, let them rip. Of course. So to clarify, he sold BTC, which is a much higher asset, for his shitcoin and over the counter and thought that that would fix the price. Well, we sold it to the market sense? maker. To the market maker, yeah, whoever that market maker is. I know, but wouldn't that not make sense if price is depegging? Why would you sell a high value asset for a low value asset during a depegging situation? Wouldn't it make more sense to repeg to just and align it with to pay right. to Bitcoin? Like it right. was a simple movement. I mean, everything's fucked up, but think clearly. You're like running an organization of some form, whatever that is. But why would you it's like sell BTC for that? That doesn't make any sense. And it's right. I mean, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not that smart, right? But it, it just mm -hmm. seems as though that would be like the instant thought or the instant solution. <laughs> like, it seems because as though he a took a lot of extra steps to do what mm -hmm. could have been done with just putting the Bitcoin because like, if you created to, to defend his own project, if like putting that in his, in his own project's reserves. It was going to death spiral either way. Buying more of it wasn't going to help it if it was on a death spiral. Depegging it and reattaching it would have been the solution. And I don't understand his response. And he knows that. And for this man to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, I sold all this BTC for something that was death spiraling. It's like, well, basically, so you wasted $400 million in BTC during a death spiral. Now that just sounds really upsetting. Yeah, stupid. he just threw it away. He just threw it away. And now we have to ask, okay, it's like, okay, so what market maker did you send it to and how can you prove that it was sent? Because do we ever, I don't know if we ever found that either. I don't believe so. Yeah, he's lying. But wasn't there rumors at the, at the beginning that there was something, um, I know like the, the companies who were name dropped were BlackRock, I believe. And I believe um, Celsius was also name dropped. So Celsius, remember, so Michael Mashinsky, he was on camera and he lied. He was like, oh, we got out. We didn't lose any money. He's a liar. They did lose money. Um, that's mm -hmm. another reason why there's so many gaps in the balance sheet because he kept saying nothing happened and they kept losing money. So what happens when you keep losing without any way to replacement and your company's running at a loss? you have a gaping hole in your balance sheet that's spreading even further. So I don't know how much they lost. They did lose quite a bit, and he never admitted it. And then, obviously, Terra UST went to zero, so you can't get that back. So, yeah. That's fun. One of them uh, is FlexCorp. Around kind of some of the design of Terraform Labs and the way it's set up, and kind of looking into kind of where money moves. Hmm. 
in the hierarchy because again, there's a lot that hand, that's handled on chain and a lot that's not. Right. Why have that over there, and what's kind of the relationship? So um, in in Korea, we used to have um, three entities that were subsidiary of TFL. So we had Terraform Labs Korea, um, and then we had um, this company called you know Gaza Labs, and then the the last is this company called Flexi Corporation. So in terms of Gaza and um, you know um, Terraform Labs, so Terraform Labs was like the company where I was working, and then when I moved out of Sing when I moved out of Korea to Singapore, we wound that entity down, and then the remaining uh, employees in Korea they spun off into a company called Kernel, and um, what they had been planning to spend most of their time on is to build uh, apps for large Web three. Um, uh, well, AAA gaming studios that wanted to build games. And the idea was that they would bring a lot of these, those games on Terra, and then they would get revenue by capturing some percentage of tokens or equity out of the companies that they were helping. And their revenue projections were really good. So as, as like a standalone business, I think this was really solid. And I think the people that were going to do Kernel were very excited about it. Yeah. But um, I, I think the landscape is a little bit different, but I am sure they'll figure it out. The other ones out there that people point to is Project Dawn. And the way that money was used, it's like a hundred million a month. Oh, so I'm just super curious because remember how but that, but also why are you talking about the one that okay, cool, they're working in web three gaming, like super cool. That has nothing to do with what happened again, which is what the interview is about. Right? And you see um, this interviewer is a piece of shit because he didn't even address the fact that he dissolved his no company. they're homies they're homies it's and that's what i was about to say right now that's what i was about to say right now is that it was a few days before all of this happened that the paperwork was filed for him to dissolve terraform labs so that was very very convenient for him to leave out right now to say oh yeah we, we dissolved it but it was a, a few days before all of this happened but i understand like in crypto sometimes you have to make multiple companies do different things for different reasons i get that right but he's saying right. he dissolved the company because he moved from out of Korea to Singapore. But then it's just like, well, that doesn't make really any much sense. And it's like, okay, but you still had other companies in Korea, obviously. That's and you move and you move from Korea to evasion. Singapore for for tax evasion, right? Yeah, because you were operating, doing businesses, and had not one but multiple companies. So it just kind of seems like, oh, I just wanted to move. Like, so you, because you want to move, your whole company has to move? That's right. the only reason? I don't think that's the only reason, but sure. So, I, I mean, just to be clear, like, one thing that people are confused about Project Dawn is that we initially made, um, like, a large withdrawal to be able to fund Dawn. Yeah. And then we just noted that in addition to Dawn, every month we'll be at max uh, limiting the emission of Luna tokens to 3 million per month. So that's independent of Project Dawn. And those 3 million were used to uh, meet you know, our obligations to investors and employee vesting. And once again, none of that to me. Yeah. Yeah. All or operational costs, yes. essentially, to yes. keep everything going. Yes. 3 million Luna. Yes. Which seems high. But then again, like if somebody bought these tokens or they like agreed to work for the company, then it's kind of like as if like these tokens represent their equity upside, yeah. right? And you can't renegotiate 
those, I mean, you can't fire an employee just because they agreed to take on a lot of risk when things weren't going well. And then suddenly, like, you feel like that upside, which is the risk that they took, is suddenly doing well. Neither can you renege on, like, an investment contract that yeah. you've made. And going back to kind of what Terraform Labs now has at its disposal. In building Luna 2.0 and trying to salvage some of this, the transparency around that, what kind of standing is Do Kwan Terraform Labs sitting on now to, as you say, come up again from the ashes? Mm. So in terms of the future of Terra 2.0, the blockchain, like one of the things that I'm banking on is a lot of the core of the community that was built up during the crash. So a lot of people think about Terra Can as you pause it? just having been built up over Anchor. But He's a sociopath because anyone who's lost that much money in crypto would just walk away and say, hey, I don't think this is for me. I have not been a, a, the leader that I thought I was. I am not capable of leading this community. I will gracefully bow down and, you know, take Especially after you've been for my crimes. Especially Even after you've been un unsuccessful. Especially after, you, after you've been unsuccessful multiple times, this is what the third time. Come on, you're just getting bigger and bigger, you know, and literally, I don't care what he says. And if he takes no form of responsibility, that's fine. You have to take uh, some form of responsibility and the comfortability that you provided your community to deposit their mortgages, um, life savings, you know, like that type of stuff. You, It's not even about I, whatever responsibility you, de you know, deny having. You still created an environment that was comfortable to make people feel like, using this was normalized or okay without you know right without or that it was safe severe caution you i don't care what i do i always express severe caution like hey i'm doing this but mind your business like do like have some you know common sense when you do things don't do it with your last don't do it with everything don't even do it with anything more than 10 percent. honestly that's crazy but i don't hear any of those comments or concerns from his narrative or people like him or alex like none of those statements are ever made, so henceforth because because they don't care about they don't care about the people that they affect. They don't Obviously. care about the people that they affect. They're living very nicely either way. They have time and money and resources either way. It's like yeah. I don't like it. I hate it. But they have time and money and resources either way, and unfortunately, there are still people that. Are, are I don't want to call them fanboys, but you know, like they they're hopped up on a whole bunch of copium, and and are hoping that this is going to be a a fruitful investment, and ultimately, I mean, for sure. I mean, I saw the whole Doge Doge craze, and I was irritated because it's like everyone's like, oh, well, you said it was a shit coin, and now it's going up. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's gonna do that if everyone's buying at the same time. But please don't come to me crying when you're like, well, like the thousand dollars I had is now four hundred. Yeah, because things decline in price and they move with it. As it goes up, yeah. it shall also go down. I don't know if you guys are getting that. You're only seeing money and you're not seeing the negative repercussions of something that's volatile. And I've explained that to people, but it's like they don't get it until they lose fifty percent of it. Okay. But actually, like, Anchor was very large, yes. But even if you take away Anchor, 
um, the Terra ecosystem still had six, seven billion dollars in TDL, which would still make it the second or the large, third largest blockchain in terms of TDL across uh, you know applications like Astroport, which was the largest X. And at peak, Astroport had more trading volume than Curve and um, almost as much liquidity. Um, and then, you know, uh, Mirror at peak like got to above you know like two billion dollars, and there was like a host of different like a rich ecosystem of different projects that were built, being built on the Terra ecosystem. So I think all, uh, the core of that community still lives on. And I think they are primed to launch interesting things on top of Terra 2.0, independent of the things that we do. But um, like in terms of where I want to be spending my time is um, I'm always going to be doing things um, on Terra and for the Terra community. This is my home and this is, you know, um, where I, I feel like there's the brightest future. And um, most of... Why is he breathing so heavy when he says that? Because he doesn't say it like if he believes it, for real, for real. He does not believe what he's saying right now. There's no passion in that statement or enthusiasm. I just... Labs uh, is still in. It's sad, man. But the crazy thing about it, the thing that pickles me, the thing that tickles and pickles me <laughs> is that um, the SEC is doing everything but stopping these situations before they happen. Their whole purpose of existence is supposed to be to protecting investors. And you are literally picking fights with tech corporations instead of like clearly addressing bad actors who are sitting in, you know, luxury apartments, giving interviews and t-shirts. By their like, homies. ridiculous. He's not like, even literally. like being interviewed by a real journalist. He's being interviewed like, this, by his homie. This is insane. Like I've never seen so much calmness and like lack of human concern um, ever. In a situation especially like for a guy that had his house broken into like like and you're in your house room. broken into this room was really clean mm -hmm. he, he has he has entirely too many windows for somebody that got their house broken into i don't know if if he's in that location maybe there is somewhere else i don't know but if i knew that people were after me like that, I wouldn't be in no room with that many windows. It just wouldn't happen. It's not but, happening. Um, maybe thinking isn't his song street. So we lost a lot of, you know. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Executives uh, during the crash. But in terms of like the overall headcount, we lost a total of two devs. So uh, a lot of the product talent that we've we've built up over time and we created a lot of products that are honestly, you know, I, I think at the cutting edge of user experience in Web3 and DeFi, like let's say the Terra Station wallet, I think the anchor experience and the product market fit obviously was uh, pretty strong. You know, Mirror and, you know, um, <laughs> lots of projects that we've incubated like Pylon and Valkyrie. So that that is being repurposed to rebuild the, the Terra economy. So uh, if our previous slogan was a decentralized economy needs decentralized money, my thinking has shifted a little bit. I think um, in some sense, like decentralized money needs a decentralized economy just as much. 
So I think the, the issue of what happened here was that the underlying economies were not very mature. So essentially what we're going to try to do is to build uh, you know, various different types of apps whereby we you know, draw in more human activity from the offline world to the internet as much as possible using the best of Web3 technologies that we know and um, you know, make sure that Terra is the home to as many of those killer applications as possible. One thing that people just generally don't understand about Web3 is that they see hundreds of different apps and then they think that usership is like uniformly distributed across these things. But actually, like if you look at how Ethereum block space was being spent, you know, prior to the crash, I think OpenSea was maybe 25, 30% of all gas fees being spent, NFT mints another 20%, and maybe just general um, token transfers and DeFi, the, the remaining percentage. So it's definitely a very top heavy business uh, where you just need to create uh, a number of apps that people love to use. Um, and then people will start to call that blockchain their own. As you look to build out Terra 2.0 though, I mean, how much of the trust that may have been lost in the DPEG and meltdown crash spills over into that ecosystem? And what needs to be done to really restore? Do you feel like you've done enough? I think it's gonna take time. Um, and, but I think, you know, I think one aspect of Terra 1.0 that probably wasn't as healthy was, um, there was a lot of trust in like one person, right? Which is me. And I don't think that's like representative of what actually happened. Um, if you look at like the amount of talent. Yeah, you can't pick and choose when to be a leader, bro. You can't like sit on a camera and like identify that I'm Dokkan and I'm gonna be on the social media and I control everything and you're basically a centralized leader on a DeFi platform. And then when shit goes, but you had too much trust in your identity. But you had too much trust in me. I just you can't nah. pay both roles. You can't be the villain. You can't be the villain and the victim at the same time. I don't know if he knows that or if he got the message, but it doesn't really work. Giving gaslighting, you know, it's giving like, oh, what about me? Like, what about what happened to me? In the midst of people losing their life savings, and also putting the blame on others for trusting him, the creator of the project, because you're supposed to lead developers. Like, let's discuss this like a normal person. You lead developers. You know, a founder creates a project. Can't do it by yourself. You work with your developing team, but essentially the point of having a founder is someone that leads with the vision and approves long-term goals within the project. I would hope that would be the thought, not someone who's just egocentric, egocentric and like obsessed with controlling narratives and then walking away from them the moment they fail. That was working at a TFL, even though they didn't particularly like to shit post on Twitter very much, is, is, is very large. And um, we've had some great engineers, product managers, um, that we're setting the tone for a lot of the projects that we're pushing out. Um, and I, I think in reality, where people gave me a lot of credit for uh, in terms of building up an ecosystem, I, I happen to be the most publicly uh, facing, public facing figure. But that's not to say that there weren't you know, other great builders, a lot of great leaders in this ecosystem that have stepped up to get Terra to where it was uh, before the DPEG. So, I think, you know, like what I'm going to try to do is to, you know, make sure that people understood, understand what happened here 
And I think in terms of, you know, healing wounds, the best that I can do is to just be upfront with, you know, everything that happened and, um, you know, just admit that I was wrong. Right. So I, I believe that this can work. It didn't. Um, and, you know, uh, provide my experiences and, um, you know, the things that I've seen for other entrepreneurs that might want to pick up where we left off. Yeah. And then in terms of where I spend my time, I'm just going to try to focus on building products that people love to use. And if they love using it, they will. If they don't, they won't. In terms of the legacy, it's you move on from this. You build something else. And if it's Luna 2.0, that's one thing. But the legacy of everyone else in what they lost in this still continues. Hey, Billy, right. why does he not so how do you square that in terms of... Hold on. Why does he not discuss anything in terms of what happened with the token after Luna 2.0 was launched? Like, what happened with the burns? Like, what is the I was, I, balance of it? Like, where are the actual questions? He's like letting this man like talk. Just, like every, it, this feels like a therapy session. And yeah, like, just talk indiscriminately. Like, it's not about how you feel. This and this is the irritating thing about the situation. It's all about Dokon. It, at a certain point, it's like it's not all about you. It's about the developers that built Terra. That, like the developers that worked on this ecosystem it's about them it's about their legacy being tainted even though they may or may not have built great projects on there and all i hear is how you feel what you're going to do and it's just like this is not the purpose of decentralization because this this feels like a rogue ceo at this point who no one can stop he sounds like a like a kid honestly um that's trying to somewhat accept responsibility for the situation um, vaguely and, and barely while still throwing in like a whole, he's still throwing in a, a whole bunch of other, you know, fluff and words and story. That's not really, that's not really relevant and, and it's not really useful to, to what's going on. So uh, right now I am scrolling through Twitter. I just typed in Terra 2.0 in the search bar and just off of a, a quick look, I can't really tell whether or not the people that are tweeting about it are paid or not, or actual community members. Yeah. I'm curious to see what the current price of it is. I think it's like, Fucking well, I mean it's really volatile, but it's still under a cent, so it's zero like zero 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 point six something something. So it's still moving back and forth under the cent range, which is great. No, it does, does. no, four dollars and twenty two cents. Terra two point oh. Four dollar. Um. Terra price Luna is four dollars and twenty four cents. According to coin market, coin market, coin market cap. The original Terra has rebranded to Terra Classic. A new chain is created with the existing Terra name. Yeah, four dollars and twenty-three cents. Okay, sure, whatever. It's a fake pump. I don't care. They probably manipulated it. Remember, also, this man has a burn wallet. Like, no one talks about that. Remember the relationship between mm-hmm. USD and Terra? Yeah, it, it's not a burn address. It's a burn wallet, Peely. So what does that mean? There are probably uh, millions sending of Sending it there to burn them. 
And what he's doing no. is just taking them out of circulation, probably. And then pumping them and releasing them into, you know, and then having them sell them. And then you're, pu- sir. Again, this is totally the thing that the SEC should be dealing with because this is, I don't even recommend that they deal with anything, but this is, this is it. Great. Can you move on? If other people out there are still reeling from their own personal losses. He's he's thinking inside his heart. I don't care about none of those people. I don't care about any single one of them. And he's like exhaling and doing the most right now because he is preparing himself to like lie. I think I think this lie is gonna hurt him because he really just does not give a fuck on the inside. Tough question. Um, it's a tough question. Not if you're a good person. Not easy. Especially because there's also a time series to this as well, right? Like you could need that money right away to be able to do things for your family. And um, a crash like this just makes it impossible to do that. So I just don't have an answer there. Um, Luna Foundation Guard still has. 200? 200 million? I think it's like 311 Bitcoin and then like a large chunk of AVAX. So Avalanche wasn't touched during the DPEG events. Um, and then it has some. Is that because there's a token lockup? No, there's no token lockup. It, it just, you know, like if you tried to sell an altcoin when Bitcoin is crashing, it just. Wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a token. Um, right. So we, I think we talked about this where I told you where he was doing weird things and like swapping with blockchains for fun, crypto bro stuff. Mm-hmm. And he has an unnecessary amount of AVAX. And when, and they have Terra or UST, and when it crashed, he didn't send it back. And for him to sit on camera, if I was like an AVAX, I would like send him. Yeah, and they had asked for a back, back, right? Yeah, and he's sitting here like, oh, we have an undisclosed amount. Why do you still have it? Return it. If your token that you exchange... And why is it undisclosed? Why can't you disclose it? Why can't you disclose it? Because he's not supposed to have it in the first place. It wasn't a... um, It it was a swap, but if you... It's like, we swap cars, right? And that car that you gave me just breaks. Give me my shit back. Right. Whatever you gave me isn't working. It's not worth the swap. That's not how this works. I'm not just swapping you for free. You can't just keep my things for free. And he's sitting right. here like chilling, like, oh yeah, I have it. I'm not gonna release it. It's fine. Um, I just it, he annoys me. Also, if you notice, as the interview progresses, they get closer and closer to each other, and I'm just not really, really sure why. It's like watching. It's kind of cute. Story. Yeah, it's kind of cute. At the worst possible time, yeah. <laughs> this is still happening. So we decided to deploy LFG reserves. As they're deployed, though, since it couldn't be the system that you wanted it to be, talk to me about... It just wouldn't have worked. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pressures, the price. Right. 
But when it comes to the last update on using that to make people whole, that was the last update I saw from LFG. Yeah, so what we plan to do <coughs> is um, basically do a program whereby in the first week, everybody that held up to, let's say, X thousand amount of UST can claim against um, this LFG reserve. And then week two, that amount goes up. Week three, that amount goes up again. And what we've been spending time doing is working with centralized exchanges to index the amount of users and their holdings in each bracket. Now, um, some of these exchanges have been rather slow in getting that data to us. And in some cases, um, like the data that they've provided was inflated over what was visible on chain. So we've been working with you know um, the various different partners that have you know worked with UST to make sure that the data that they provided to us is accurate. Um, it's it's proving to take some time, yeah. but once that process is over, we're going to liquidate all of LFG's holdings, and then um, you know begin the process of making um, smallholders get their jobs. Purely, so that doesn't, okay, so. You're a smart guy and you know stable. So basically, he basically described how he did the, the Luna 2.0 distribution, but it was a shit show because he should have not made that coin just days after Luna and Terra, like they fell. So this, he, but then like, not all. That's not like, enough time. That's not enough time. And then a lot of the exchanges were like, no, we're not doing this shit again. And like, did not allow him to even send tokens. So then he didn't even have a he didn't even have a correct um, allocation of how to, and then he obviously didn't redistribute the equivalent amount that was lost. Correct? He like fucked everyone over for the third time by like saying we're only going to release thirty percent of your total balance and releasing thirty percent of a total balance of a, of a recopied asset that's no longer pegged to another asset, which is just a free floating fucking coin, is the most moronic thing. And then he forced locked. Um, everyone to stake the rest of it and then be re redistributed and as he said like in weird terms and then he was going to sell the rest of the reserve and I'm like right it's not like sense. an actual it doesn't it, if it were an That's actual weird. initial first yeah. time airdrop then I understand um, releasing it in increments that makes sense because you don't want to launch a project and have everybody just dump what was airdropped to them, the full amount that was airdropped to them. That makes sense in releasing it over time. But this is not that. This was and done to, like, make up for the shit show that just happened. But this is why he should be sitting in a courtroom right now because he should be going through what Celsius is going through, where they lock you in a room, you can't leave the country, and then you have to decide, they have to make a plan for you to give the money back because you clearly can't I'm make just, a logical plan. This I'm is just okay. curious. Whatever you came up with doesn't work. It didn't work. It wasn't going to work. And now look at everyone. I'm just curious as, as far as like him not being gone after in the US, if it's just because of, um, of like jurisdictional issues, right? It has Since to be it, connections. It, it, he has to know someone uh -uh, because. He should be in a cell. Like this is way too comfortable. Like comfortable, vagrant. And he also affected people like in, in many in multiple countries, not in just Korea. 
not of in course. Justin's I mean, court. I've heard numerous cons- like consistent complaints with his energy of being aggressive, that people are afraid of him. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what's his deal in his country, but, like, something's, like, there's something weird surrounding him because I feel like this is all clear awareness and, like, allusion to, like, you know, being a part of something and, like, causing it, where if you're going to give the money back and you can't decide, you need to be in a courtroom so they can decide for you. He should have done, like, that's the thing. Wait, so if you liquidate your companies, you can't do any form of bankruptcy, right? Because your company's already liquidated and doesn't exist legally anymore. I don't know. I don't know how those things work. So you dissolve a company. There's Mm -hmm. nothing. What what can you bankrupt? Right. Bankrupt is a dissolved entity that no longer has assets because the token went down and the reserves are cleared. Because the entity doesn't exist anymore and it was never a legal, really standing thing, hypothetically. Which kind of brings us back to when, um, to the kill switch, right? I wonder if the Terra Luna Foundation was actually like in bankrupt, well, was facing bankruptcy, like if they were underwater, I wonder what their books look like. I mean, if you keep creating tokens, it's hard to be underwater, but sure. You're, if you're just, he was giving himself 300 million Luna tokens times 100, you know, I don't, I'm not going to calculate because I don't want to get angry. It's a lot of money. He's already, he basically already got the money out. He just needed to like shut it down, basically. That's what I'm hearing. That's what it's alluding to. So you think it was more of a laundering thing? Essentially, yes. I'm not a legal hmm. advisor, nor do I do financial advice. But allegedly, allegedly, like. allegedly, allegedly, like why? And this is so to me. My so my issue. This is, is a purely I'm, speculative statement. Speculative, okay. Purely, so, purely speculative statement. So if I create something, why would I issue myself 300 million tokens off of just vibes, right? Like, should I have some form of passive income being returned? Because remember, I'm paying out yield. I'm paying for developers. I'm funding all this stuff. Where is my revenue coming from? How do I have right. enough revenue to match the amount of funding that I'm allotting myself from newly minted tokens? That's that's weird, shaky territory. Right. And uh, according to Twitter, like as of right now, they're not using that much BC. Right now, they are. Um, well, they shouldn't have to at this point. Community funded. They would. Well, I would imagine that any VCs would be comfortable engaging in that. Moron, but yeah, I mean, that's and I hate. So he makes statements that are like mis, like he's a professional gaslighter. Well, we're not accepting any VC funding. There's no VC that would wake up and donate any type of funding to you ever. So he's literally going to be. He's going to pull like whatever those Solana devs did, or he's probably going to make stuff, but he's not going to announce his name. He's going to be a anonymous pseudo-founder for, like, the rest of his life, probably. I don't like that. I don't like those. Mm, I don't that like all sounds like the government to me. Token allocation. If they hold token allocation, I don't trust it. But if they, like, make it, delete their keys and dip, all right, none of my business. Can't find you. Don't know who you are. But you can't be a pseudo-founder that's tweeting. 
you know? Yeah, no. <laughs> or or, or just a small sense. allocation. Define small, because clearly we don't know what that means in the crypto space. Just a few hundred million tokens. I would say no more than like 5% of whatever is in creation or can be in creation. Know. I'm iffy about that. I don't know if people have the right to give themselves tokens without it looking like you're, sh- you're shitty. I'm just sorry. It just If we think about it from like, I have to think about things like what would the SEC use as an argument and try to bring up to use to fuck people over, right? So my thing is, it's like, why are you allotting yourself a token pre- use case of your blockchain or dap right like why do you have to have them like why like it's why i don't it's like if you think about a business like if i took out like if i got funding and i just issued myself like two million out of my funding before i even did anything that'd be weird right it's weird right it's kind of the same concept it just we just don't talk about it because we i think we give the founders a lot of leeway in crypto but it is weird really weird i think you can allocate it to the foundation or you can allocate it to the project and then create i don't know a salary from your token or some type of stipend but i don't think it's fair that a lot of crypto founders issue whatever they want to themselves it's really selfish and it takes away legitimacy for most projects and it's the number one excuse that's the first thing that sec goes for is like they look at the token allocation for projects so side note and segue, how do you then feel about Satoshi? Does he have like oh, yeah. Bitcoin, right? Yeah, um, he, has, he has a, a large but, amount. But in some context, we don't even know if that man's alive. He just made that shit and dip and didn't touch his wallet. So even in this, the case of Satoshi, it wasn't like he made it and then was actively using it. Right. Like, the, like what about the, For the, now. one of the... Um, well, Peely, yeah, for now. If he's going to use it, but like, dear Lord, like, again, I'm just saying, like, he allocated it, but with not the intentions of it appreciating in any form of value. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because if, again, it would be used if he did. Um, compared to like the XRP founder, one of them that like made XLM that like sold all of his XRP off like the whole time for like years and years and years and years. And years well, that like, was part of his, um, that was part of his employment. Like uh, that was, I don't want to say him getting fired, but that was part of his settlement. Like with leaving recall. That's fine. But I still think it's like, it becomes questionable if they, again, like create a, to- create a blockchain, create a project, create the tokens, issue it to the company itself, and then repay your repay yourself out or pay for all funding from a DAO. Cool, great. But it just shouldn't be going to you shouldn't be make yourself billionaires pre before the work is done. You know, like I I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Because no one can control the amount of you're you're paying yourself out. No one can like go into that. No one can alter it. No one can question it. And we don't even know how much money this man has taken out of his own project. We have no idea. We'll never know. Bitcoin's probably better than everyone in the world, I think. And you knew the risk around depegging. When it comes to those risks now, though, it's like you're making those decisions in your seat. I don't know if in your head you're thinking about what could happen to me as a person if this fails. I like literally didn't think about that even for one second. I've never thought about what could happen to me if this fails. Stop right now. Stop right there. 
Why is he lying? He's a liar and a fraud. Why is he lying? Like, if there's not a whole video on on Cardi B's internet. No, 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 no. Of him saying that that he has a kill switch if if things go wrong and he can dissolve the company in, in within 24 hours. What do you mean? Not on Alligator Gore's internet. Absolutely not. Um, I mean... Not even once. Why not? Because I didn't think that this would fail. But it's not even in the back of your mind, like, what do I do if this fails? Not even once. Have you failed before? Liar! Liar! Lies, lies, fails, entails. Like, this is ridiculous. Like... Like, what is the reason? What is what, uh, why? Why? What is the reason? Why are you lying like that? There's evidence, on, there's evidence on. There's evidence on the do. internet of yeah, him. When you're most people who are like pathological liars and narcissists, like literally live in their own. They life have life. so many lies that Maybe. they can't keep up. They can't keep up with their yeah. lies. They just forget. They just deny reality and they live in their own reality where they do nothing wrong, nothing is their fault, everything is a byproduct of chance, and they take no physical responsibility. I can't. I can't. It's just, and he just looks so smug. It's very, it's very off putting. I, I was like, mainly because I got more interested in crypto and, you know, and this is sort of like the first major thing that I've done in my career. And before that, I've never failed before. When people try and connect the dots between basis cash and what happened with Terra, and you talk about that wasn't me, that was a failed project. Some people could look at that and say, that's kind of setting up to make Terra look better than basis cash. So to give some context on basis cash, uh, we acquired a young team that was working on a staking derivatives I just want to say that I don't really understand why this part of the interview is even necessary or a topic of discussion because who cares and how and why is it relevant to what happens on this project that failed and why did it fail? But I also want to say that this, this is crazy because he doesn't understand how bad he fucked up this year. Like, you literally triggered regulation. You triggered regulation. How do you do that? How the fuck do you do that? And you're One person there, by yourself. That's why. Well, him and 3AC. It was him. Well, no. He started because 3AC was over leveraging and then had a bunch of money. In. But it is his fault. It, it, he is the root of all evil this year. And it's just like, you triggered a catalyst of financial loss that literally caused the bear market. And you can say whatever you want. Crypto was not in the shitters. It was like down, but it, it wasn't in the, it, it was like everyone's saying it's obviously like it goes through seasons, right? We know that. We expect a bear market. We also have all-time highs. We're not tripping. But this is like a self-proclaimed liquidity um, bear market triggered by this man. So there's no way you can sit in this room and calmly not answer questions and bring up all these unrelated things and think that that's okay or that even qualifies as like an interview it's literally like 
Stockholm syndrome. Like, I don't know what's going on in his little brain of his, but like, this is not okay. And you are responsible by proxy. He doesn't feel like he's responsible, though, unfortunately. If everyone had had a conscience. Protocol on Cosmos. And uh, one of the people that we acquired out of this team uh, happened to be very brilliant. Uh, so we initially staffed this entire five or six person team to, to work on the anchor side of things. Now, um, now, one of these five happened to be very brilliant and you know contribute significant significant amount of work to the anchor protocol. But um, in terms of the other five, they um, they lost interest pretty quickly, and then they started to not want to do work. So. I started to ask them, what are the things that you were interested in doing? And um, one day, like one of the, you know, the, the five guys or so that, that weren't uh, interested in working on Anchor, so he comes up to me and says, hey, Doe, you should really look at like this, um, you know, DeFi yield farms that are going on on Ethereum. And uh, he said he had a good idea for launching something that is actually pretty adjacent to what Terra had already been doing for a year, but tapping into the larger community of Ethereum, yeah. right? So, and that idea was basis cash. So uh, this group, you know, banded together and then created like a pretty cy cyberpunk, you know, uh, look and feel type of uh, website uh, based on the defunct product basis. So basis was a stable coin that raised $133 million uh, predicated on building a three-token system to create an algorithmic stablecoin. So as a you know, brief refresher, the way that it worked was that there was a um, stablecoin called Basis Cash. There was a bond token to absorb contractions called Basis Bonds. And then the last is uh, something that would benefit from expansions called Basis Shares. So my biggest objection to the Basis system, as, di as distinct from Terra, is that the model is... It doesn't really make sense because, um, hold on. Model doesn't make sense. So it's distinct from what Terra was. Well, I, I mean, so back at that time, I, I, I felt like it uniquely didn't make sense because you had an asset that was supposed to absorb contractions, but upside is limited, right? So when contractions are happening, there's very limited reasons to buy it because, um, you know, like such is the nature of these things. Yeah. Whereas you have an asset that if you got into um, like an early pre-sale or something like that, there's almost no downside, right? Because if it's something that just benefits from expansions and it doesn't really have any, you know, re uh, responsibility to absorb contractions like that, then in that case, like the amount of stake that people are willing to put up during contractions is limited. Yeah. It also divides the main stakeholders in the ecosystem from people that actually take on the risk. So you see this project and you say, this doesn't really make sense per se, but let's see where it goes. And you join on as Rick Sanchez. Right. Because there's a team that was building it and they liked Rick and Morty. Yeah, so um, the the team that started to build Basis Cash, um, they, because you know, like, I just want to say, as a Rick and Morty geek, Rick is the smartest man in the universe. 
in Rick and Morty. So to liken Doquan to Rick from Rick and Morty, I don't know if this guy is a fangirl or what, but no, that's very disrespectful to Rick of Rick and Morty. And also for Doquan to just go along with it, because if you know, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm totally Rick. I'm totally the smartest, like, liken me to this character. I just, I, I just wanted to be a nerd and throw that in there. Being Twitter non was all the rage back then. And then they assigned themselves characters from the Rick and Morty universe. So, um, I don't remember the exact rap mappings, but like their leader was this guy named DeFi Morty. But the, the issue was they couldn't really speak English all that well because um, they were based out of Korea and things like that. And then they asked me to um, see if I can you know, talk to some reporters or other community members initially, assuming the identity of Rick Sanchez. Right? Wouldn't it help more if you were speaking as Do Kwan? Right, but then people would ask me like who the other people were yeah and they didn't want to be talked sorry dude the guy interviewing looks like such a sleazy used car salesman i just i can't get over it i can't get over it i bet he thought he ate with this interview he thought like i got him and i have got it like i would never want him to interview or have an honest conversation with the founder ever again because i would never trust him to get an honest like no know, like, he looks super shysty no point there, there was just no i would have rather not seen this because i feel like it just makes it worse like it's like okay like we basically think we you did it but we have no physical like vocal proof or suggestion coming out of your mouth now it's like all right buddy let's lock it up because i don't know it's giving it's giving guilty and they keep getting closer they keep getting closer together they're it's they're giving poor to... media training because no lawyer wants to represent you that's what it's also giving as well and this Not is what i too. thought i'm gonna represent myself in court and it looks very like much this. Very, very much, much so. judge judy vibes doxed really yeah well they didn't want to be doxed in a project that you know they had some choice language for um regulators that wanted to shut down uh, basis cash when they were first doing the project. So um, if I was doing this in my own persona, I think that would have worked. And I, I actually, like using my main account, I was pretty active in the basis cash chat as well. Um, but yeah, so we, so I, I helped them with like the initial community building, um, you know, talking on Telegram a little bit, talking in the voice of what Rick Sanchez would have sounded like. Um, and then it, it was a fair launch, right? So they structured it as um, like something where like the vast majority of tokens would be given out in an initial farming events. And then there would be subsequent farming events, I think for, you know, like either holding the stable coin or some basis share tokens. Yeah. But, um, but eventually, I mean, it gets built up, it works for a little bit and then eventually depegs and fails. Right. And so, when you're kind of like attached to the project and you talk about it like you're not attached to the project later on, right? kind of trying to sell UST, does that, I mean, what's kind of the thinking there in terms of, you know, maybe not being like, yeah, I was attached to that project. I didn't invent it, but I was there and some things went wrong. We use the learnings from that. 
and now we're building UST, which is better and won't fail the same way. Well, so I, I think for basis cash, um, like, I think it was an interesting experiment. I think they were pretty upfront um, in the Discord and Telegrams about, like, yeah, this thing can depeg. And I think um, a lot of the early algorithmic stablecoin efforts there, and then like EST, DST, they were pretty upfront about those risks. Most people that were buying these algorithmic stablecoins were DeFi DGENs that are already made a lot of money in the Ethereum ecosystem. So they understood those risks. They participated because they thought it was interesting. Uh, a comparable project like ESD, it captured the imagination of, I think, most of the elites um, in Ethereum DeFi, uh, most of the well-known founders in, um, in the ecosystem, actually. And then, so I, I think, you know, like bringing the basis mechanism to light and testing it, um, especially in some sort of like almost a sandbox type of environment before DeFi became very large, was good. I think the basis share market cap far exceeded Luna's like right after they launched. So they said, all right, we're just going to run this. And they quit the company and then they started to run it solo. But um, I, I think the choices that they made to sort of run basis cash and do various different things on top was, I mean, I think for a first effort, um, they did a lot of things right. But I, I think some things were you know, desi can can be um, left to, there's room for desire, uh, room, room to be desired. So for example, like creating more aggressive farming events, like when the stablecoin demands start to dry up, yeah. um, after, you know, positing it as a fair launch, um, you know, uh, giving devs explicit token grants uh, yeah. from the token pool, and then uh, a short while after that, just you know, selling all the tokens and not doing any work. So um, those are the things that I am critical of because I never made those choices. Yeah. But at the same time, though, you mentioned like who gets hurt when that depegs. It's mostly DeFi degens, right. as you said, who are kind of in basis cash. Right. When you think about who might have been making these decisions and the risk profiles of degens in crypto versus someone who comes along and sees a stable stable coin earn twenty percent. Maybe sees it through a Gemini, earn twenty percent. You know those kinds of things attracts a very different crowd. Yeah. So when they think about like retail people who are new to crypto, maybe don't even know the risks. If there's a distinction there, it attracts unsophisticated investors. That's the very different crowd. It attracts poor people. That's the very different crowd. Very different crowd is a euphemism. And it, and you don't understand how frustrating it is trying. And we're like literally the people are trying to explain like the technology behind it and how to avoid shit coins. And then this person waves his 20% yield to poor, not poor people, but like just anyone who has extra disposable income or even like money that they're willing to like try to invest. And that's why I think this situation has upset me and like the Celsius and the Voyager. It's because you guys pivoted to people like who are less informed and you took advantage of their like of you you do you talk about it and you make it all techy and complicated and like you make it seem so difficult. So you say, Well, use our platforms, they're so much easier to use. Like you don't have to go to the fuss of understanding. And I need to reiterate how that's that's how they're going to get you every time in crypto. 
they're going to put out these projects and you're going to think it's cool, but they're not going to explain things to you. And you're going to be like, oh, well, what's happening? And when something goes wrong, you're going to get upset. But it's like, when it sounds too good to be true in crypto, it, it specifically is. For crypto projects, you shouldn't be hearing advertisements, founders. You should be seeing financial and No, there should not be... Right, there should not be like major marketing campaigns where marketing is no. more than the actual get, like that yeah. startup cost. Like you just get third party releasement from press about partnerships and allocation and something major coming out so that people can rush and you know sign up or get by now or you know that's it. The founder, you don't see the founder of Starbucks like sitting on like Instagram live talking about his projects. Why? Because they're doing things like they're not going to talk right. about it. They're literally going to do it. They're going to issue some form of adapt. They're going to invite people and you're going to start using it. And when people it's time like to launch and release it, it is when you find out about it. Right. Exactly. The best thing to do is to be in the know and following the right platform so that when you start hearing hints of this, you're already on it. So you won't have to hear it from people like this because they're they're playing on people's lack of intelligence. And I'm really, I'm very, very much so tired of it. And these comments being made are blatantly disrespectful. Yeah. It's predatory. I mean, I think for a first effort, um, they did a lot of things right. But I, I think some things were, you know, desi- can, can be... Um, left to, there's room for desire, room, room to be desired. So for example, like creating more aggressive farming events, like when the stablecoin demands start to dry up, yeah. um, after, you know, positing it as a fair launch, um, you know, uh, giving devs explicit token grants uh, yeah. from the token pool. And then uh, a short while after that, just, you know, selling all the tokens and not doing any work. So um, those are the things that I am critical of because I never made those choices. Yeah. But at the same time, though, you mentioned like who gets hurt when that depegs. It's mostly DeFi degens, right. as you said, who are kind of in basis cash. Right. When you think about who might have been making these decisions and the risk profiles of degens in crypto versus someone who comes along and sees a stable, stable coin earn 20%, maybe sees it through a Gemini earn 20%. You know, those kinds of things attracts a very different crowd. Yeah. So when they think about like retail people who are new to crypto, maybe don't even know the risks. If there's a distinction there in terms of who gets hurt when Terra fails, it's no longer someone who's a DGEN trying to. Oh, absolutely. But it's someone who's trying to invest in a savings protocol. Right. And it sounds like a savings account. Right. Have you thought about that as. Yeah, so the bigger, so an algorithmic stablecoin, actually a stablecoin is a very interesting beast, right? Because um, if you invest into a layer one token, for instance, you pay it over time. So um, for example, I mean, I guess it gets de-risked over scale like any other thing. Lindy effect. Right, but psychologically, people understand that you could invest into like an Apple, for instance, and it could lose value overnight. Like if the same thing happened with like, let's say Nokia, or um, if you look at like the printer companies, they're, they're dying a slow bleeding death over over multiple multiple years, right? Um, but I think for a stable coin, it's, a, it's supposed to be a currency, right? So uh, as it starts to build up scale, um, 
I think the types of people that get exposed to using a currency becomes less and less sophisticated. Yeah. So in the beginning, like when you launch an algo stablecoin for the first time, then, you know, I don't think anybody blames like the Iron Finance team, for instance, for getting into that game, because it crashed in two weeks. And if you, you know, are investing into something that new, that novel, then like the the fact that you need to take on the risk is implicit, right? Yeah. Um, same for ESD, DSD. So I think when those projects like DPEG uh, and Metrodoom, I don't think people blame the team very much because they knew what they were getting into. Yeah. Um, I think sort of the, the, the pain, like the additional pain of UST was that it was supposed to be a currency, right? So, and as currencies get larger and larger, like the number of impacted people, the pain and uh, the lack of understanding of how currencies work, um, like also increases as well. So for example, when there was, uh, were, you know, FX crises that depegged Asian currencies massively against the US dollar, that pain was absorbed by everyone. But I don't think most people understood why that was happening. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people just said that's bad economy. So for example, throughout like the IMF crisis of 98, uh, or let's say, I, I remember in, in uh, the care of Why is he comparing financial crises in countries from a paired stablecoin altruistic relationship that was depegged by natural like ongoing events while using his like using anchor his the protocol they're they're not even comparable also it's like it's uh, the us dollar against the the currency of another sovereign country and like countries, what right judge it's not relevancy. the same relevancy yeah. judge like what the like why like see i just i don't know if i'll ever be able to be a professional interviewer man because oh i oh i purely we can we i just be like ah, good guys. we just want ah. to be the good guys Wait, hold on. Can you explain this to me really quick? Because I don't really understand. No, so it's not making that much sense. A, no, I have a theme. So we'll be really nice for the first 30 minutes. We'll time it. 30 minutes exactly. Like, how did you feel about that? And then, like, that's great. And then we would say everything we want to say. Like, actually, I've been taking a list. I've been taking notes. Yeah, so this is where we think you lied. So on December 3rd, 2022 at exactly 4 p.m you stated we don't believe that happened why would you lie, why are you lying? <laughs> and the reason you why we don't lie? believe that happened is because of this statement that you made two years ago on that following thursday at 7 28 p.m okay on the terra blockchain we saw this wallet do that why was that done you don't know of course, of course. that's very interesting no Interesting. Super interesting. Yeah, yeah it's one thing like if they can't answer the questions, now. but but make them not answer the question. Like but we were ultimately, just watch interviews. They're just like, no, not you do. Like, you guys <laughs> are a, a bit aggressive and abrasive. We need Locked more friendly interviewers. Not come up like no, absolutely no, not them again. Um, Hilarious. I aspire to that.
value exchange rate against the dollar almost went up to 2000. Mm -hmm. So which would make it doubly expensive to buy exports, right? But a lot of people didn't really understand that that was due to like the crane one losing value. They just thought it was bad economy without understanding what that really means. Yeah. So, I, and I think that case is applicable to UST as well. The, the pain was absolutely larger um, because the way that a lot of users understood UST was that this is just like Tether, this is just like USDC. Mm -hmm. So who's, I mean, who, who takes on that blame then for not really explaining to retail or is there no blame? Like, should you be blamed? Should Gemini, Binance, like, is there a need for retail or is it just like, look, you knew the risks? or you should have known the risks? I think I should have known the risks of UST much better. Um, you know, like looking back in the position that I was in, I, I didn't think that the risks that were being positive to UST were material. Mm -hmm. um, every day as UST grew, I just saw it gaining in Lindy, um, gaining in popularity, gaining more integrations. And it just sort of became this thing if it's immaterial, then it's not really a risk now, is it? Yeah, he does not that have a publicist. Sort of I would not do this interview. Because he probably thinks that this was like a good interview that would hold up in court. And again, it's, it's a bunch of nothing. Like we're, we're just reviewing him vomit outwards. I know, but it does, like, it's admissible guilt. It's admissible guilt and awareness and negligence. Like, okay, you weren't fair, but it's like, it's like saying someone robbed the bank. I didn't hold a gun or, like, touch the cash, but, like, I was physically in the property in the back room as they were robbing it. Right. And you're supposed to expect me to believe that you had nothing to do with it? That you weren't involved in some way, somehow? Okay. He's literally alluded to like 15 different scenarios where he has knowledge, awareness, uh, where he was in the room while it was happening, but he didn't physically do it, doesn't know the market maker, uh, doesn't know what happens after you give millions of Bitcoin to the market maker. You have other people's crypto that you exchange, yet they have I've inspired yours. so much. You know, so there's so many weird half answered questions that you are admitting knowledge and awareness, and that is called being an accessory. <laughs> to something, um, not saying it's a crime because it's not a legal debate show. Um, however, it's saying that you did participate in some manner and that you could have done things differently to avoid this. However, you did not. So. Yeah. Yeah. Much people in, the, in, in crypto generally, the idea of a decentralized stablecoin. Yeah. And I saw UST as that thing that was almost inevitable and was poised to become the money for all of crypto. So, um, you know, in hindsight, I, I think we should have been more skeptical of the team um, instead of, you know, thinking that everything that we do is simply going to work. Um, I, I think it's a massive failure in terms of proper risk assessment. When you were asked if you ever thought you could fail, you said it never even crossed no. your mind. Why would there be risk assessment for something that had no intention of failing? Of course, why? It is developmental failure because uh, there was no structure around depegging. There was no backup plan. There was um, assets brought to a space that really couldn't be used to fix the problem that you bought them for. 
Um, so that's also an issue. Um, no, there was literally just he he did very, have his plan to like yeah, but shut really everything like, down very quickly, and that's that, it. Yeah, but I'm saying he had he had his exit plan. That's fine, but his reasoning because, for using like, the BTC that was a lie. Like, there's no way he could have thought like it could have been implemented. You'd have to yeah, write no, it dollars. It doesn't even work like that. It's like it doesn't make any sense at all. Put a square into a circle. Like, no, you're like, and again, it's like, why? Why would you guys develop something without a backup plan? I feel like every protocol should have a like. If everything is on fire, what do we do? You know. Like, right. this is why Ethereum took, like, a year or a few years to do this whole merge situation is because they're, hopefully, dear Lord Jesus, they have multiple black backup plans. But, like, when you create these things and you are you have ongoing tech and money is coming in and out of it, you need to think of every horrible scenario that could possibly happen. This is why we have bug bounties. That's why we have auditing teams. Um, they're not this is why we have ethical hacking. Right, they're not like, mandated, but they're gonna be after situations like this. It's gonna, we're gonna like run regulation that says you have to have an audit team. You have to have a paid, twenty-four hour audit team that sends audits to us, so we can see that you guys at least were trying to protect assets on your platform. like an independent third party. Yes, and, and and protect from exploits. There are people whose job it literally is to do that. So why aren't you paying people to do that? Yes, another thing though, it seems much easier to. But have well, such so a this goes back to when... this goes back to what you said earlier about how there have been reports of, of people like saying that they intimidate him, which I, I just don't understand that because looking at this guy, like intimidating, where to who, not me. Um, I I just I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, when you when he was a little slimmer, he you I mean. I mean, Pelia skinnier fat doesn't like, mean anything. He like, oh no no like no bro. I'm not saying no no I thought like when he was making those speeches and I guess maybe I'm saying maybe he's saying a little weight so he looks a little bit more like safer and cautionary but like I've heard like multiple reports that saying he's passive aggressive or like really rude or like right no yeah same you know, thing like, or, and that he's not receptive or and he has also shown this though. on on Twitter as well that yeah he's nowhere near, he's not receptive at all to criticism. So I get how it, it there looks. there would have been no uh, um, opportunity for a risk assessment to be done because you can't he can't admit or accept when there are risks. Now, if there was one area where maybe I was unsure if you knew everything about the risks because we already talked about every algorithmic stablecoin failing before, there was the financial risk around what someone like a George Soros could do take down any financial peg to your point not just in crypto but in traditional finance as well you're dealing with financial currencies and that was one of the things that was raised and you retweeted and talked about as this isn't possible and so when you say there was zero percent chance or at least a very small chance of failure what about Terra in your mind made it untouchable around any of those risks of failure? So, um, I, I'm, you know, straight up, it's not rational, right? So when you think about like the risks that are, you know, possible with any currency, let alone Terra, um, any currency can fail, right? Like I think right now, if the situation gets any worse, we're, we might even see a collapse of the Eurozone and the Japanese yen, 
right? So even currencies at that scale, the third largest economy in the world, the largest economic collective in the world, like their currencies could fail, rationally speaking. I guess the, 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 the only thing that sort of uh, tipped the balance uh, of my thinking into thinking that USD would not fail was because number one, I thought we were living in the golden age of Web3, and I, and I think we still are, mm -hmm. where you're, you're seeing like an explosion of growth of decentralized technologies. And um, number two, the way that we would program things um, on top of these digital currencies would be a lot better managed from a risk perspective and a lot more transparent. Thereby, uh, I felt like a lot of the risks that are manifest in uh, central banking planning policies would not be uh, applicable to UST. Both yeah. of those things were wrong. I do think, I mean, that was one thing that stood out yesterday when we were talking. You actually kind of seemed smiling so much. All right with it. And I don't know if I, oh if I appreciate God. the transparency. I don't know if I appreciate the transparency of acknowledging in the interview that they hung out the day before as like bros. It's inappropriate. Or, or yeah, or if it upsets me, I, right. Is that even, is, is there such thing as journalism integrity? Like I know every, you know, job has some type of thing that they can't do to maintain like morality or awareness. Like doctors can't treat people if they are sick themselves. Uh, therapists, uh, they can't represent people that they are in close proximity with, right? Like you can't be your sister's therapist, right? right? Cause that's weird. Right. So, like, journalists shouldn't be chilling and vibing with, I mean, I guess if it's, like, a artist, it's different because you're, like, in their environment and getting to know them. But if you're in the realm of someone who lost $40 billion, I think it would be best not to hang out with them and get snacks the day before. I don't know. This is me. I Maybe I'm new to this whole journalism. I don't thing, think, so. I don't think that's an unreasonable like expectation. Idea. Yeah, I don't think same that page, seems. I don't think that seems like an unreasonable expectation. Wonderful, because in terms of you know, you're not trying to prove a conspiracy here, but someone attacking the community, like all they have to gain is a short-term monetary upside. If I don't know, it depends on on what they did to attack this and how much money they made. But if someone did do that, think about all the pain it caused. And I just want to take this point to remember and to remind everyone watching that there were anonymous Twitter people that were making bets with Doquan about the network failing. But my issue too is, is like you're just you're just sliding in the whole George Soros thing, like you're name dropping George Soros. Wait, like, did he really name drop you. George Soros? Did you, yeah, because okay, remember the original theory was that two large whales basically pulled out liquidity shorted it and then profited right that was like the major floating argument that absolved them of blame because it was like oh a whale did it we, we're doing our we're doing our best if someone removes liquidity that is that has no responsibility of us and then the interviewer himself brings up this theory not doquan which alludes some type of relationship in which they have pre-organized this interview and have pre-planned it and are navigating it together. That's why he's sitting there smiling like they just went on. You know what I mean? Like he has this really friendly demeanor that someone would have if they've planned an interview and planned the narrative that would be played out within an interview. 
And I don't think it's fair for right. him to drop an allegation that would make him look in a positive light. Because all of these things put him in a positive light or shift the shoe to the other foot. No, literally everything yeah. that he says, everything that he says does that. That's that's what has this, that is what this entire interview has attempted to do since the Tiger comment. In every trade, there's collateral damage, right? So for example, if you're buying a token, then somebody that put out a short gets hurt. And this could be retail, right? Like a lot of people take out leverage shorts because they learned margin trading for the first time looking at, you know, let's say FTX Academy or something, and then they, they figure out how to do it. And then when you sell a token, that, that loss is socialized amongst the rest of the holders. So like if you start to get like emotional and assigned blame for how trades are executed in what is supposed to be a credible, neutral and transparent market, then I don't think I'm not very bullish on the future of crypto if that's the case. So the reason why I don't blame short sellers and I don't try to find out like who sold or what the motivations might be or things like that is because there is no blame to the sun, right? If you see a market opportunity, a trader's job is to be rational about it, erase emotion and take it. So um, if like the peg broke, then you can't blame the trader that took a market opportunity. So Quan, are you the trader that took? Are you the trader that took the market opportunity? I mean, it's like okay, but it's like okay. So you say that, but if someone did a flash loan that had enough to pull off so much liquidity to your platform was unusable, plausibly could have happened as well. You wouldn't be saying that. So saying well, that and again, and that, but. And that's an exploit, right? Like that's an attack at, at that certain, point. At a certain degree, it that's is. not yeah, that's not just regular trading. That's not just putting in I a mean, sell order. Hypothetically, the the flash loan theory is is if you can buy and sell within the same transaction, uh, the difference in liquidity was not noticed by the platform itself. Uh, hypothetically, you you just profit it. But if it's a something where you basically had an extended flash loan that you can do on the Arbitrum, not the, I'm so sorry, the Aave app. Um, they have an extended flash loan where you can like do it on multiple exchanges and aggregators all at once. And if you're like that, you know what I mean? If you figured it out, I mean, also it's like, it takes a lot of skill to do that. Like, I don't, I, I know we all talk about it. Like it's like really easy, but like literally you have to track the price points of various, um, cryptos all at the same time and then find the moment of the difference and then like mm-hmm. plan it out it's kind of like psychotic so that's why i say like those that can do it it's not an exploit it's more like a calculated trade but like at such high amounts it can become an exploit and should be looked at as an exploit like you shouldn't be doing that right. with one million dollars like don't do that that obviously isn't even if you can like there's going to be some issue we, uh, because I, I think maybe it's because at, at the size that the network was currently at, it just couldn't support something of that of that size. Yeah, versus its, versus its ongoing trades at the same time. And the buys and sells and everything that's happening. From an objective standpoint, 
but from where you sit as a subjective standpoint, if someone came into my house and did something to my family, that's the way I would see it. Right, but let me, let me tell you this. If there was a tiger that had been starved for a week and then your family and this tiger happens to meet and the tiger happens to kill a member of your family and eats it, can you really blame the animal? Kind of. So <laughs> kind of. if I went down that route and then spent... We're not I'm, talking about animals, so though. We're talking about human beings. I am so sick. I am so sick of these, yeah. like, Sigma Beta males that always so compare. Cool. No, well, they call themselves Sigma males. I'm calling themselves Beta males. What are they? They're but new species. I don't like they're, them. They're just, they're just little boys. Anyway, but... Like, why are you comparing human beings to animals? We're not animals. We're talking about human beings. Like, why are you bringing up tigers? Like, you're not a tiger. Your homies that you did this with are not tigers. Like... I just don't understand the reference. You're trying to say if a tiger walked in and killed your kid? What the fuck? Like, what type of... Like, do you you blame the hungry tiger for eating your family? Like, what's an animal... So, like, to... probably not. But also, we're not talking about tigers here, are we? We're talking about who human is... beings. Who are the hungry tigers? Who are the hungry tigers? Are we the family? Do, does, does one of us deserve to die? <laughs> <Or is> this... <laughs> I don't understand the reference. I wanted to explain it because he said it twice. Like, why mm-hmm. is it? It's, it's... If you say something like off-putting or crazy once, it's like, okay, we didn't hear him. He said it twice, and now you're, like, breaking it down for us. Like, what is happening? Like, please, I need more context, sir. <laughs> I don't... You know, months, years collecting evidence and, you know, meeting investigators and um, talking to press and things like that, that's... that. You know, it's just going to be so much harder for me to do anything else. And logically, I do genuinely agree um, in that, like, you cannot be uh, emotional about markets, right? Um, You can't blame people for shorting. You can't call people idiots for longing. People just make those trades. Markets are dispassionate, and they move the way that they will. So I think your point about if I let myself, you know, think in that direction, I just, you know, would be like a shell of a man for several years, right? But I do intend to do really interesting work. Um, and But I mean, to, to your tiger metaphor, right? When you're talking about that, it's like, all right, do you blame a tiger for coming in and eating one of my family members? It's like in this, it's someone saw the three pool, the four pool migration waited for the perfect time. It was calculated. It wasn't just an emotional, I need to eat. It was, this is the time to strike and take this thing down. And if that's the case, you know, it's a little bit more calculated. Yeah. So if you're asking me whether there was a mole at TFL, that's probably yes. Uh, whether somebody tried to take advantage of that particular so opportunity, I would say that the answer is yes. But if those opportunities so the mole. Bro, everybody but him. 
Everybody but him. And remember, they only lost two devs. Everybody but him. That killed the kid. That's the fictional allegory for a mole in his company. So is he saying that it's okay if he destroys his own company because there's a mole within it? Because he's a hungry tiger. Tiger. Dokkan is a tiger. But, uh, <laughs> not to not to be that person, but it's kind of it's kind of racist, kind of racist. Um, no, I know you didn't. I know you didn't mean it like that. I no no I I understand I understand, but like only because he's Asian is it acceptable? But if it like if it were not, and he was like, oh yeah, I'm a tiger, 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 like. Okay, little racist. Um, if that a, were the case, we can totally edit this out. Okay. There's a people called. Them, existed, who then call the blame tigers, is on. Yes, um, but are you this is the thing that I struggle with because, like, it went back. There's again. someone who did this. The only people that knew that were TFL employees. Um, the. The event happened precisely at the moment when our entire leadership were on flights trying to get to Singapore for like a quarterly summit. Um, so they're thereby like incapacitated from any, you know, responses either on social media or or anything of that that kind. So, you know, there, there was probably some information flows that we're not aware of uh, to this day. So this was an extremely calculated move. I'm just saying that there's coincidences, and I'm trying really hard not to go down this rabbit hole because I don't want to let myself. But why? Why? How are you going down a rabbit hole that you set up? Because this whole this whole thing is full of rabbit holes and tires. Is, is it a rabbit hole or is it a molehill? At random illusions, you're giving all these like side stories. I feel like I've been in GTA watching this interview going on side missions with your stories about all these different companies that we didn't even know existed until this interview. This is insanity. Can't. Give us our time back. Don't you want to let yourself go down that hole? Because again, if it were me, there's someone who did this. And there's an aspect of, I don't want to say revenge, but there's an aspect of trying to figure it out. That would be really hard to turn off. But what good would that do, right? Like, let's say that we found like a dark network of like hedge funds that are tried to take down. Restitution. Down. I'm sorry. Restitution. Wait, what do you wait, mean? What good would that do? Because I don't want to go down that fast. But what if there was a secret dark web where all the hedge funds were like ready to shut us down? Wait. So do you not like what? What could that that do? Would we sue them? This is still happening. My so we decided God. to deploy LFG reserves. As I'm sorry, deploying, I'm giving though, you so much to edit. Trying to build reserves oh. to uh, sue them for billions of dollars and try to use that money to make USD holders whole. Why'd you do it? The event so happened you know? precisely at the moment when our entire leadership were, were on flights trying to get to Singapore for like a quarterly summit. Um, so they're thereby like incapacitated from any you know, responses either on social media or or anything of that that kind. So that's suspicious. Yeah, you know, there there was probably some information flows 
that we're not aware of uh, to this day. So this was an extremely calculated move. From him. I'm just saying that there's coincidences, and I'm trying really hard not to go down this rabbit hole because I don't want to let myself. But why don't you want to let yourself go down that hole? Because, again, if it were me, there's someone who did this. And there's an aspect of, I don't want to say revenge, but there's an aspect of trying to figure it out that would be really hard to turn off. But what good would that do, right? Like, let's say that we found like a dark network of like hedge funds that are tried to take down Terra and, you, and Luna. Like, what what could that that do? Would we sue them for billions of dollars and try to use that money to make US holders whole? Yes, yes, yes. That sounds like a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? Maybe not. They, but I yeah. think about kind of the way that you responded to some of those tweets about how this could be done. You said, billionaires in my network, test me and try. Find out. That, that was a little different, though, because what Freddie's analysis was saying was uh, you could acquire uh, a lot of UST from open markets because like the like the, the, the swap spread impacts more on the way down rather than on the way up. But there's actually symmetry in both directions. So the cost of staging an attack is identical to as when, when you are acquiring your UST stake versus divesting. Now, like if that analysis had concluded, like the timing of LFG, like trying to build reserves to, um, let's say, to build like Bitcoin reserves and things like that, that would have been a totally different dy dynamic. But those things hadn't existed at that point. I almost wonder if it sounds like there's a, there's a route to go down if you open that box and you find out the answer to who was behind it. And I guess it's fair to ask and make sure that it wasn't you. Are you asking whether I shorted? Yeah. I've never shorted a cryptocurrency in my life, let alone Luna and UST. Bro. What you mean? They could literally have a whole court case with that. Like just, just put, just play this as a hearing. You could, <laughs> like, just play it. Have it in the background. Like he's not American, so I like I don't know if like he like even knows what the Fifth Amendment is, right? Or like I just the, the right to you have a right to not incriminate yourself. You have oh, a right to not inc incriminate yourself. God. And he just doesn't. I can't imagine. I can't. What do you mean? You've never shorted anything. You're a liar. You're a liar. And he took. And he took entirely. Like his body language responded yes when when the guy asked if he if he was the one that did it. His body language responded yes. He mm -hmm. verbally said no, and then he like said he he answered a question that wasn't asked i don't know and there's no upside for That's you to do there's zero there's zero upside for me to do any such thing so when it comes to figuring out who behind or who was behind this then i feel like as a founder if you're saying that you don't want to go down that path because it would mean ultimately that it would prove you failed to protect against that is that the main reason why no, it's, it's not so much that. It's just that, like, even if you found somebody that has shorted, um, 
know, like Luna and UST or like accumulated UST with the purpose of depegging it is, is I, I don't think that's legal. How I deal with stress is that I only care about things that matter and I can do something about. So this seems to be squarely in the realm of something that would give me personal emotional closure, but that would be a selfish thing to do because even if I knew there's nothing that can be done. He's the like, he's like the Riddler, okay? Like he, he's fucking with us and like creating all these scenarios. Now, what do you mean it we... would be selfish to do the right thing? He's literally said, like, like, even if you're doing the right thing out. for the wrong reasons, you're still doing the right thing. And if people that were harmed benefit from you doing the right thing, even if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, like, I just, ew. And then I, I froze on a, on a frame. Um, this needs to be memed. Like we really, we really need a meme out of out of this facial expression. Oh, you want to take a So I choose to spend my time, you know, not blaming other people, but instead focusing on what we can do next with the resources that are available that are available with like the insights and the talent that we've accumulated over the years, and that's what gives me closure. At the same time, though, I guess if it sounds like you're putting all these things together, the fact that it happened when everyone was on a plane. And the fact that when you landed, like this stuff did seem calculated to the only thing that anyone knew about the timing of the three pool to four pool migration was internal to Terraform Labs, which means they're an employee of yours. Somebody by that connecting the dots, somebody you know stabbed you in the back. Yeah. If someone stabbed you in the back, how would you not want to know? Zach, from that question, I can see that you've never been stabbed in the back before. I have been stabbed. Zach, from that question, I can see that you've never been stabbed in the back before. What That's not an appropriate response. It's That's like kind of an aggressive him. response. Yeah. But he's mocking him. He's just, it's just, it just like, funny You've him. never been stabbed in the back before. Like, okay, and why are you proud of that? That's weird. That's so weird. Honestly. Right, um, and I made every single effort to look that person in the eye and say, "You should know you fucked up." Right, I, I think after a while you kind of learn to let it go, uh, especially when Tara was at the peak. It was, you know, just become very political, and like once you start to become personally, emotionally invest, in, invested in like all sorts of things that are happening from the business side, then it's very difficult to lead life, right? So um, yes, there was an internal mole. He was sharing screen mess screenshots of various different things. Probably proceeds He. I thought you said you didn't know who it was and that you didn't want to go through down a rabbit hole, but it was a he. I, okay, cool. You're listening. You're listening. I didn't hear that. He said a he. So you didn't know mm -hmm. that he the person you gave the money to. He's a liar. He's well, yes, we know this, but I know, yeah, like he's like he's, if you're gonna be a liar, be good at it. I, I can, I can respect good liars. Yeah. 
Yes, but I can re- I can respect a good liar, but a bad liar, like I feel like you're actively trying to insult my intelligence, and I just can't. Been leaking things in the press and things like that, but um, that was something you knew about. I mean, leaking to the details to the press is one thing because I mean these are like about like a round we're putting together, so we're, we probably would have put out a press release anyway. So yeah, there were multiple people that had reporters that were friends and were telling the reporters. Sometimes I knew who they were. Yeah, but I didn't seem like something that you would, you know, fire some, some somebody for. That's also pretty important though, because you talk about if that were the case, you've already moved past the three pool to four pool migration. They've initiated the attack. You're now in defense mode. You're in a war room with people and you don't know who you can trust. You're putting together a round to save Terra at that point. And the details of the deal leak to press and it tanks the deal that would have. Oh, so I don't think that came from like TFL, like I, from some of the details that I've seen. I think it's from probably like the funds that were pitched. Um, but like in terms of like the round being put together, that was a very tight group. Um, so I, I don't think that that was impacted. But in any case, like going back to like the backstabbing discussion, it's it's just business. You don't take it personally. I don't take it personally. That is the one piece about this that I'm terrible at then I guess. And maybe some people in the community also feel this way because there were equal opportunities for anyone who is long Terra or believed in the project to short it, right? If it's mid DPEG mode and everyone's seen this before and says, look, you know, there's a chance for this to go to zero and probably likely, especially after you tweet steady lads and there's a plan coming, the deal falls through, it's sitting there and there's a ripe opportunity when UST is at 60 cents to short the whole damn thing. The ability to short everything, even in that moment, I couldn't bring myself to do it. And you said it yourself as if it is a badge of honor. I never shorted Luna myself, never shorted a cryptocurrency in my life. Well, I mean, just because it's not, I don't consider that necessarily to be unethical. It's not something that I want to do. So I think about crypto communities, as communities, right? So I think like the 3-3 move uh, put up by Olympus is, doesn't really make that much sense from an economic perspective, but I think it's indicative of how crypto assets are a little bit more than simple financial assets. They're, they're not like equities. They're not like commodities. But for a lot of these tokens that represent... Why aren't they like equities and commodities? Because it signals more about who you are, what you believe in? Because you're not supposed to be passive investors, right? Like every crypto community encourages and tries, tries to galvanize its community to some higher moral calling, right? So the moral calling of the Terra community was to deliver the promise of decentralized money to as many places across the world as possible. And I think many people took up that mantle and decided to leave their jobs and create companies and do all, all sorts of things in service of a higher mission. Or put their money into it. Yes, but... And yes, and of course, I, a, a lot of people are passive investors, but I think crypto is unique in the sense that it's converted more of its passive investor base into, into people, believers. into believers, into people that are actually can be, can be called out to action to serve the community in more ways than capital. And I think that's what makes it strong. But that's the thing that also I feel like would piss off anyone who believed in your mission and felt like they were a part of that mission. And you're saying that you don't have an emotional response to that. 
which me as some guy. I, 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 I did not say that I don't have an emotional response. I'm just saying that I've tried to make a calm headed decision um, to categorize this as business and to move on to other things. And the alternative, if you don't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, from a pure emotional standpoint, look at it from my standpoint. Like, I, it's the reason why I haven't shorted any cryptocurrency is not because I'm a bad trader, right? Like, of course I know how shorting works. I, of course I know what sometimes when there are opportunities. Like, everybody tells me things, right? Like, I, I was like a top ten project founder. Like, I, I have information, but I don't trade those things. Not because I don't know how to make money. Did he just say yeah, he just that Mark was manipulated? Yeah. He just said that markets are manipulated. Okay, Go cool. Back. Wait, it would piss off anyone who believed in your mission and felt like they were a part of that mission. And you're saying that you don't have an emotional response to that. Which me, as some guy... I, 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 I did not say that I don't have an emotional response. I'm just saying that I've tried to make a calm-headed decision um, to categorize this as business and to move on to other things. And the alternative, if you don't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, from a pure emotional standpoint, look at it from my standpoint. Like, I, it's the reason why I haven't shorted any cryptocurrency is not because I'm a bad trader. Right? Like, of course I know how shorting works. I, of course I know what sometimes when there are opportunities. Like, everybody tells me things, right? Like, I, I that was... That right there. Everybody tells me things. That I was a top 10, I was a top 10, you know, community developer. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're doing OTCs. I mean, but I mean, so, but to me, but let's, but let's get, yeah, I just, I have to clarify. This is not the face of crypto like this isn't what we would like to no definitely to not and this is, this is why we we focus on him because it, it was it, it was a humongous project it was incredibly pervasive and this had ripple effects throughout the entire space but like i have friends so one of my friends was like oh i i love like um i invest in like i put my money in voyager like i don't trust crypto like because these incidents are happening now they're like, oh, I don't trust crypto. And it's just like, it's not. It's like saying, because someone took 40K out of my duffel bag, I don't trust cash anymore. It's like, it has nothing to do with how you're holding it. It has everything to do with the project you chose to invest in. It was the fact and that then, you had kept it in a duffel bag. In fact, you kept it in a duffel bag, baby. And then the fact that you didn't research, you didn't research Voyager, you didn't research Celsius, you didn't research... You're just like, oh, this is making, and, and that's another thing. People like to get upset, but I'm like, you guys looked at that yield and you didn't give a fuck after that. They're just like, ooh, and you dumped. Mm -hmm. You saw that yield and you dumped. So, like, I'm going to start there. That will, that is your fault. No one told you to go on those platforms. We can encourage you about the technology and the coins, but you have to do your own due diligence if you're not holding self-custody because things like this right. happen. And beyond self-custody, there really is very little protection for you. But this is why we told people, if it does not offer self-security, like, what are you trading instead of like self-custody? What are you giving up for your self-custody? Probably right. your rights to your assets in an emergency. Like a top 10 project founder, like I, I have information, but I don't trade those things 
not because I don't know how to make money, but because I know that these things represent more than simple financial assets. Wait, that's that if I shorted wait. a community where I act. That's different. Okay, so shorting is when like, okay, so each merge, right? Like you you think it's gonna eat shit, short it, right? That's different, right? That's, a, that's an observation about market conditions. Knowing shit is going to pop because you talk to different founders And that is a crime because that's why that's up. why I said that's why I said are you that's why I said is he saying right now that is he admitting to market manipulation I feel like we, and collusion I, like I got more tea this time watching this um mm-hmm. yeah saying that you didn't insider trade when you knew about insider it like if you you figured out avenues isn't that doesn't make you a good person. It just makes you like, oh, I didn't feel like insider trading today. Do it on a Tuesday. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. why I caught that. That's why I caught that. Okay. It on information that I have that other people don't. That it, that there's other people on the other side of that trade that that get hurt. Mm-hmm. Having said that, that doesn't mean that I should let my emotions guide, you know, on like objective what, what other people do, right? So everybody's from different circumstances. They just make different decisions. That's fair. But do you, if someone so, comes after me, if the tiger eats me, I can't blame the tiger. Then you said, oh, but then sometimes I'm going to reevaluate this decision and then short the fuck out of it. That's basically what he said, right? We're so tired. Yeah. Yeah. Tiger. Right. The tiger eats my family. I'm going to kill the tiger. Have you heard the analogy <laughs> of the market being a jungle? Yeah, but it's it's people. Like you just said, it's people believing in certain things. And, you know, there's the downside beyond just numbers on a screen. It's, it's people. Right? I mean, I guess at the same time, you could flip that and say, all right, you're building this thing up. You're sucking people's money in. It's like, it's just a jungle. It could be a way to look at it and say, you know, it wasn't my fault. But you also believe that there was some blame that should be put on your shoulders. So it just seems kind of like looking at it as it's a jungle when someone attacks Terra, but also you're saying that some of this is your fault too. That kind of seems inconsistent. Interesting philosophical discussion. Um, I think there's aspects of the, to this where participants are humans. I think there's aspects to this where we're beasts. Um, <coughs> interesting discussion. That man should have beat his ass outside of his Let's have a philosophical conversation when you lost 40 billion. Oh, I have something philosophic for you, and it's not a conversation. No, honey. (laughs) honey. 
Something about some eyes and some stones. A little. How far can you fall? <laughs> you We're gonna talk about that. Those windows look. Really I nice. was, Let's estimate them. That was really funny. I cannot wait to see what comes up next in this whole saga. Um, I'm I'm just very very excited. I really hope oh, he you does say like, face justice. And that if if people can, yeah, I mean, if people can be made whole again, he did affect and I I, I believe he was operating on American exchanges, so I'm just not really sure. I don't know. Well, if the SEC gave a fuck, but they're too busy suing Ripple and Library and other projects that are actually not even securities, and then he's too now he's like whitewashing or like generalizing the term. Um, He's like saying, oh, well, now we don't need to specify the difference between a crypto. You've seen some of his statements where he's saying we don't have to specify the difference between a cryptocurrency and security. All they are is assets that we must regulate. So now he's yeah. basically rinsing the defi- definitive term. Right, but the CFTC, like, oh, the yeah, CFTC is saying that they have that they have jurisdiction. I don't know. It, it That's yeah. a whole mess as well because they need to figure need out. To like, And ultimately, it's up to... Ultimately, it's up to Congress um, via legislation to determine who is the best um, body to regulate cryptocurrencies. And they are working on on that via legislative avenues. Um, I just, I don't think that it's going to end up being the SEC. Personally, from a regulatory space, I would have been like, you guys have failed. You've you've had it this time and look at what you've done. And, you know, your whole job is to protect American investors. And there are three u.s platforms that were not regulated they're not crypto companies they are regular companies offering crypto-based assets if it's anyone's mm-hmm. fault it is the sec and custodying them and they custodying them and returning yields and you yeah. issued them fines and you did nothing else and now look at the shit that's happening right now like but you're fighting ripple like that's what i'm trying like i just don't understand like the level of concern it's like what do you guys really, truly, and un- utterly want? It's not to protect investors because you haven't done not that for the thing. past four years. Because we wouldn't be sitting here going through all of this footage and interviews if there wasn't enough market, you know, issues right. with the SEC. And the, the crazy thing about it too is that they're aware of these issues. They met with Voyager, they issued notices to Celsius, but they didn't follow up with them and put them into court and have a major lawsuit before it got to this point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, it's going to have to keep making, you know, videos and exposing people. Yeah, so, I, I can't, yeah. I, I, I kind of can't wait until his next interview or until there is like something announced, like a, like a hearing or, or anything like that, like more like yeah. legal action, whether it be in his country or in any other country um that where where people were affected by shenanigans i think the way he did it is what's making it hard to pin it on him think about it from a legal perspective from a legal perspective i think what happens is some of these founders reduce themselves to be anything more than a spokesperson do you see you see the verbiage he's using the removal of self the identification (laughs) of teams the separate companies and when you mm-hmm. start thinking of that legally on paper, how much has he linked himself to? Right. 
and it's probably very hard to legally bind him to anything. Right. That makes sense. Probably it is. Yeah, unfortunately. That's, it's That's very why annoying, I don't make sense. Well, because they won't make proper regulation. So this is what we have to deal with. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, that's that for that for this interview. Um, thank you guys for sticking with us and watching. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We do love your engagement and interaction. And please interact um, and check out the link in the description. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye.